I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What the hell happened with Jarvis Landry? Plus, what's it like to be inside that media scrum? And we'll take a look back at Brown's mini camp for the rookies. Hi, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We're so glad to have you on board. If you want to be a part of the show, we'll just hit us up on Twitter, at GameDayCLE, at GameDayCLE. My name is Andy Baskin. His name is Daryl Ryder. Hello, Daryl. A lot of feedback over the last couple shows. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, going well. Appreciate everyone uh, downloading the podcast, rating it, uh, tweeting at us. So uh, appreciate it. Keep them coming. Sounds good. All right, let's hop right into it. Jarvis Landry, uh, nowhere near the $20 million deal he wanted. He ends up back with the Saints. Browns fans asking, what the hell happened? Well, he's um, he's a New Orleans Saint now. Um, about $6 million, one-year deal. Um, it didn't sound like uh, when he spoke on Sunday that he was in a hurry to, to sign. Remember, he's coming off that, that knee injury that he had. But, yeah, it, it came down to money, and, and it also came down to, I think, uh, you know, direction as far as what the Browns wanted to do at the receiver position. Uh, I, I just I, – I never got the impression he was coming back. Um, and actions spoke louder than words. They drafted two receivers, and once that happened, uh, even though the conversation kept going that Jarvis could come back, I just it just didn't seem feasible. To, you know, so um, I, I just it, it as it usually does comes down to money. Uh, the Browns and Landry could never really get on the the same page, and again, once he was released, I think that that uh, really closed the door because they couldn't come together on a restructure. And, uh, uh, you know, once it got to the point where it was, uh, you know, time to release him, I, I think that that basically closed the door, even though, again, like I said, the conversation just went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, people holding out hope that Jarvis was coming back. I just uh, it just wasn't reality. It, the reason, though, I think people thought he was coming back was because of Deshaun Watson, because I think when they released him in the beginning, th- it was over. I, I think most of us agree with that. I know you just you just said it that he would be gone, and uh, that's what I expect. I think the hard part about Jarvis Landry not being a part of the team is when he first got here, he felt like it was a locker room changer. He was a guy that was changing the environment. You know, he was a, a good guy that wanted to win and was didn't come with a lot of negative baggage and didn't seem like he was here just to take a paycheck. 
and I think that impressed fans as well as his teammates. Um, how much will he be missing the locker room? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's something to be said for him to be missed in the locker room, but um, and he certainly deserves credit for the influence that he had as a leader behind the scenes, especially uh, in those early days. Obviously, the It's Contagious speech from Hard Knocks in 2018, uh, he'll always be remembered for that. Um, you're right. Uh, the Browns had been paycheck city in the NFL for years and years and years where you had veterans that would come here simply to collect a paycheck. Winning was not important to them. Uh, we had seen that uh, by the results on the field. But, um, it, you know, I, I think that when when you look at where the Browns are now, how Andrew Berry has built this team, yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Um, it you, you can't keep everybody. Um, it would have been nice for them to keep Jarvis Landry uh, and, and bring him back. Uh, they invested $20 million a year, though, in Amari Cooper. And I think that that's, uh, you know, I think that's something people have to understand is that they're spending comparable money at the position than what they were spending the previous two years. But, um, yeah, I, I just it, – it comes down to it – just it, it comes down to money, and it, and it comes down to giving these young kids those snaps. And uh, uh, that, I, it's just why there wasn't enough room for Jarvis on the roster, unfortunately. So, Daryl, I think one of the hard parts is when we say it comes – and it makes sense. Look, he wasn't coming back, and that's the bottom line. And if he wanted $20 million, if if there was $20 million carved out for Jarvis – and now all of a sudden another wide receiver has it. They pick up in free agency, right, in Amari Cooper. That $20 million's gone. It's hard to say, though, that at $6 million, the Browns couldn't have brought him back. They f Financially, that doesn't seem like that's too crazy, especially when you look at how much money <laughs> excuse me, they have under the cap. So I, I, I just for me, Daryl, as I watch the story unfold, especially at the end of the season, and, again, I'm not in the, I'm not in the locker room every day. You are. But I do know that I didn't hear a peep from him after Odell was gone. Right. And to me, that I mean, here's a guy that was out front center of, of almost everything when it came to, you know, he was the mayor. He's the guy you would go to to get a soundbite. You'd be, and then all of a sudden, nothing after Odell. Now, I'm not saying – I'm not trying to say he wasn't happy because I don't know. I wasn't there. But I got to tell you, that to me is a telling sign when a guy stops talking. And I, I just – I don't think he wanted to be here. Uh, towards the end and that's just me saying that because you normally don't have players shutting down like that especially after they've been that vocal maybe he didn't I mean maybe he would want to be here especially uh, uh, let me let me backtrack a little bit on that I, I think when Deshaun Watson came in and if the money was there he would have wanted to be here but he didn't he seemed a little disgruntled to me that's how I'm reading into it at the end of the season because he didn't say a word and that's just so 180 from what he had been his entire career with the Browns. Yeah, and I mean it was it was noticeable. I mean, one of the last times he talked was uh, at one of his uh, charity uh, events, in which he said, uh, you know, he was asked about uh, Odell, the Odell situation, and and also the the struggles of the offense. And he's like, hey man, I w I'm not getting the ball either, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, it, but, yeah, it, it was. I mean, Jarvis every week was available up until Odell left, and then he, we, we didn't hear from him 
uh, the rest of the season. I think he did one post-game press conference uh, the rest of the way, and that was it. And, um, you know, players are uh, are supposed to be available. He kind of got away with it because we were still in the COVID protocols and, and things like that, so no open locker rooms or anything like that. But um, I, I don't think he wanted to say anything that was going to get him in trouble, number one. And then number two, again, we forget these guys are human beings. And right. him and him and Odell, very, very good friends, very tight, very close. And I think that that whole situation hurt him. And, and you know, the way – not not so much how the Browns handled it, but I, I think that just everything that went on behind the scenes. And, and obviously, he had a front-row seat for what really uh, went down and why the situation with Beckham and Baker Mayfield deteriorated as quickly – uh, as it did, and I, I think that, quite frankly, Jarvis was hurt by the whole situation. He was hurt. Uh, the fact that uh, his friend uh, had to be released, uh, he it was not an ending that they uh, thought or imagined going into it after the Browns traded for him. Um, so I, I think that that's a big part of it, Andy, is, is you look at the human element, the human side of things. And I think he was hurt and, and it's, it's understandable. And I think another really telling sign is how hard he played in that season finale with Case Keenum at quarterback. Uh, you know, that's something that I'm always going to remember is, I mean, he, he played as if it was his last game as a Cleveland Brown, not to say that he knew it was going to be his last game as a Brown, but, I, I mean, he really, really went all out uh, in that season finale and, and played a fantastic game. So, um, you know, there were a lot of things, I, I think, that went on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, we've heard some of those stories come out. But, yeah, I mean, Jarvis had a front-row seat for all that. And uh, it, it's it's disappointing uh, that – he isn't back, but it's it's not surprising in the least. And quite frankly, I'm glad he's in New Orleans saying at this point. <laughs> well, uh, the you know for him to be able to go back there, it's a one year deal. I'm kind of surprised. You know, the reports are that it's six million, um, yeah. but I, I'm not surprised. I think that's the wheelhouse for what he should get paid for a year. <laughs> Excuse me, because he needs to prove it, right? He needs to have another prove it year. Well, I don't know that he needs to prove it. I he's he's had himself a very successful career, but. Just because he's coming off the injury, I just – I don't think he needed to prove it, but I think, too, what he set his value at and what the Browns set his value at clearly were not aligned. <laughs> clearly. And, um, you know, he, he gets $6 bucks to go home to, to New Orleans and, uh, you know, he'll play with the Saints. Uh, and, and see if he can, uh, you know, kind of get things on track down there again. But, yeah, I, it, it's hard for me to talk about prove it uh, for a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl multiple times. Yeah, no, I'm not questioning his, his ability for what he's done in the past. I'm just saying if he wants a bigger deal or he wants a multi-year contract, he's going to have to have a year that's worthy of getting another. That's the prove it part of it. To get the, it's, it's the financial part of it to try to get back to. If he thought he was worth still worth $20 million, he took fourteen million less. Well, I don't think he's ever going to get twenty million. I, I just, 
I just, I, as much as I love Jarvis Landry, I just, I don't think that that's reality. Um, uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is not getting twenty million anymore. Um, so, no. yeah, I, I just, I think there's a little, uh, uh, a little disparity there in what the market, uh, you know, felt he was worth and what he was hoping to get, and uh, obviously. Um, you know, the evidence is he ended up taking an $8 million pay cut. Gotcha. All right, so, uh, Daryl, let's do this, because Jarvis is gone. I mean, it's, uh, we've, we've known it for a while, but now it's official as he joins the Saints. Um, if you want to get in on the conversation on any of our podcasts, go to at, at Game Day CLE. Game Day CLE. We always appreciate you listening to the podcast. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. We're glad you're here. Um, if you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, the feed. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. When we come back, you're going to want to listen on this. A little, a little bit more behind-the-scenes stuff. What is the media scrum? And by the way, sometimes you see the players or coaches get mad at the media. Well, the media gets mad at the media as well. We'll tell you more after this. <laughs> 